All right, ready? Uh, yeah, I had some cheese, so I'll try not to burp. But we'll <laughs> That's be at the stinger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I'm your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining me on the panel tonight are... Nathan Armantrout. Roger May. And Johnny Morales. Who is also producing for us because Matt is still on his yeah. big vacation, so miss you, Matt. I'm gunning for his spot. Yeah, I know you are. Matt's, <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt's been some places. Tour de France. Now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Anyway, if this is your first time listening to the show, we are a review slash spoilery podcast, so we will probably spoil the ending of something at some point. Uh, we typically review a Marvel book, a DC book, and an independent book. Uh, we review a graphic novel later on, and we're going to play some trivia to like give you guys some opportunities to win some stuff, provided that Roger gets through the rest of Sheriff of Babylon. Right. <laughs> Which you're making good headway, so I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah, working um, on it. Anyway, uh, so to kick things off, though, we're going to throw it back over to Johnny, who's going to have our news. Yes. Uh, so not that much of a light week. There's some stuff that uh, came out, uh, beginning with Marvel signs Chip Zdarsky uh, to exclusive agreement. Uh, and uh, he's writing, um, he's going to be writing Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man for them. Well, a new number one. <laughs> The same book. <laughs> yeah, I think they're adding. <laughs> I, I think they're adding Peter Parker's Peter Parker. No, it says Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man, or it's Spectacular Spider-Man Peter Parker. One of the two. Really? Yeah, I'm not even joking. That's the uh, one he's on. Three hundred ones over there. So yeah, we just reviewed it. Anyway, so yeah, uh, and he's also writing Marvel two in one. But yeah, he's exclusive yeah. now. Uh, <clears throat> one would have thought he was already. Yeah, that's all he's been really writing besides his creator own artist stuff. I think he was a Marvel fanboy growing up, so it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you listen to interviews with him on uh, like talking about the Fantastic Four and he yep. loves them, so. Yeah. Um, next piece of news, another Marvel uh, bit of news is uh, all new Wolverine uh, is ending and in place a new X-23 series is coming out from the writer uh, Mariko Tamaki and she did uh, She-Hulk. Yes. So it'll be good. Yes. Alright, cool. Um, so, uh, and that is coming out. Hopefully that one lasts because it always seems they get like 14 issues or 12 issues into a series with Laura Kinney and then they just, whoosh. I know. Yeah. Hopefully it does last. Um, but I mean, Marika Tamaki's great and that book is coming out, uh, July cool. from Marvel. Uh, and then that's really all the Marvel uh, news that I have. So we had a lot more DC news. Mm -hmm. Uh, first off, uh, Hawkman is getting a new series from by uh, Robert Venditti. Venditti, yes. And and the only other person that could do Hawkman justice besides Lemire, I think. Okay, he's great with cosmic. So and Brian Hitch, sweet. And that will be coming out June thirteenth. I'm excited. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the next bit of DC news is uh, they're launching a new Plastic Man miniseries, which I'm excited for. Gail Simone. Gail Simone and Adriana Mello. So Yes, I was really excited to see this. So I knew that they had to have something in the works with Plastic Man after everything going on with Metal and with where he's at in the Terrific. So I was, I'm stoked to see uh, what Gail can do as yeah. a, just a comedic writer. I know. I'm like... When we reviewed the Terrifics, I said that I only liked Plastic Man. I know, Johnny. So, uh, <laughs> and that's coming out June. And and the thing I like about Gail is the more I read of her, the more she like has this really big scope of. Because when we read Clean Room, that was just shocking that that was Gail Simone, yeah, like the same woman that wrote Batwoman or excuse me, Batgirl. Batgirl. You know, so um, the more I read of her stuff, the more I like it. 
Yeah, no, she's definitely a, you know, great writer. Uh, and the last bit of news, which is a big one, uh, I'll lead with. Um, so DC is doing a new imprint called the Black Label, and they're coming out with uh, these specific like sort of Elseworld stories. It's essentially like when they used to do like Elseworld imprint. Like I think they had, I don't know if it was an imprint, but they would specifically put Elseworld on the book so mm-hmm. you knew. Yeah. Um, it's it's basically that, but like with kind of like these superstar team ups. Yeah, and I think the Elseworld, which looks good. Yeah, the Elseworld ta- like little tag mm-hmm. in the books has gone away. Like with Nightwing, yeah. the New Order, mm-hmm. that's totally an Elseworld. Yeah. Book. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, from coming from this, uh, you know, uh, black label imprint, uh, we're getting Wonder Woman, uh, Kelly by Kelly Sue DeConnick, which uh, sounds amazing. By and art by. Uh. All right. Oh, nice. Yes, Jorge Jimenez. Um, and then, let's see. It'll be really pretty. Yeah, definitely. We have a lot more. Uh, it'll be kicking off in August with uh, Superman Year One by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. Now, this is in- – okay, so real, really quick uh-huh. like kind of side note on that. So they announced this back in July at Comic-Con. Yeah. For the masterclass panel, did they announce it or did Frank Miller say that he's working on? That? They they that promo image that was in that news, same promo image. Oh, okay. They said John Romita Jr., Frank Miller. So yeah. So, so um, they announced. I it. they I don't think they they didn't say anything about Black Label. So this has to have been something that they were working on that they just weren't ready to announce. I thought it was going to be some sort of Elseworld Year One, Earth One, something right on the side. Thing. Obviously, because they can't do it in main continuity. Well, I mean, but, the Black Label isn't going to be in main yeah. continuity. So it makes sense that they're doing it here. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. Are I you? Mean, yeah, I'm curious to see. Like, look, Frank Miller's hit or miss. Um, John Meter Jr., once you calibrate to his art, it's kind of fun. I love, I love that promo image. It's a good image. Um, if it's Superman, I'm always down to give it a chance. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how Miller writes a Superman-centric book. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I can see why people could be excited, but everything Superman that has come out from Frank Miller I have not liked, so, you know. Oh, don't get me wrong, I'm very critical of how he portrays him in his other stuff. Right. Except for Dark Knight 3. Okay. (laughs) Um, And uh, I have the, like, synopsis for that, because that one has more details. That's because probably it's been around since. Yeah. So this is a groundbreaking definitive treatment of Superman's classic origin story, in honor of his 80th anniversary. This story details new revelations that reframe the Man of Steel's most famous milestones. From Kal-El's frantic exile from Krypton to Clark Kent's childhood in Kansas to his inevitable rise to become the most powerful and inspiring inspiring superhero of all time. To his post-Bendis downfall. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. Sorry. That two-page spread just takes. I me knew off. it had to hurt you <laughs> I, when I, I know. first saw when it. When I saw this, I was like, oh, it's John. like such a great image of Jim Lee's Superman, and then it's like, Bendis is coming, yay! <laughs> yeah, it's all Two hope and optimism pages. and red shorts. <laughs> if and this Bendis. is if this is from like since he left Krypton all the way until he's a superhero, isn't that more than year one? <laughs> well, I don't, is it, did they say in there year one? Yeah, it says Superman year one. That's what it, that's what the book is called. Semantics. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, more from the Black Label. We're getting Azarello and Bermejo. Uh, they're reuniting to uh, in Batman Damned, which I think is a post-apocalyptic dystopian. Oh yes, <laughs> kind of stoked. Yeah, I think like um, 
And then, Batman is carrying the Joker's head on no, his... No, 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 no. That's Scott Snyder's. Oh, is it? Is that the one... Is Scott Snyder's going to be on there uh, last night? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is weird because originally that was supposed... Is that the last uh, team before this one? Uh, what do you mean? I'm sorry. I should clarify. Was that the last uh, creative team in Black Label before the Scott Snyder book? Yeah. Okay, so the Scott Snyder book. It's Batman Last Night, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so currently they have it solicited as... Um, a post-apocalyptic Batman story. Batman wakes up. Uh, Superman's a baby. He's got a severed head of the Joker that's still alive. It's all kind of crazy stuff. And this is going to be his final Batman story for a long, long time. He's not going to write Batman for a while after this. Okay. Um, originally, this series was solicited with Sean Murphy. Oh, okay. And who is the artist that's currently solicited with it? For uh, the last night? Yep. Capullo? Yep. Yep. Something happened where they switched over, and Capullo's going to do that final arc with, or that final Batman story with Scott Snyder. So yeah. I can't help but wonder, is maybe, you know, Greg Capullo going to, like, take a break from Bats for a while also after this? Yeah. Uh, we also have Greg Rucka returning to Wonder Woman with uh, Wonder Woman Diana's Daughter, which that's a working title. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, Greg Rucka wrote one of the best Wonder Woman runs one. of all time. Yeah. One. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this Black Label imprint is getting uh, inspiration from Dark Knight Returns, uh, The Killing Joke, Watchmen, and New Frontier, which is like, that doesn't make... Yeah, that doesn't fit with the rest of it, them. Like, one of these things so is not <laughs> like the other. <laughs> so dark with a dash of hope. Uh, I don't think I like that. <laughs> but, you know. I don't know. Kelly Sue I think, and I think Greg on I, Wonder Woman, I'm excited for. I think all of them are going to stand on their own. I really don't think it's going to necessarily be like those other ones. I think that what they're trying to show you is the creative mm-hmm. kind of sides behind all those. Because those are all, I mean, obviously there's three that are more dark than the than obviously New Frontier is. Yeah. But New Frontier had some heavy stuff in it too. But it was very clearly like a, an Elseworld kind of story. I think that's the whole point that they're going for. They're letting the creators tell these really big, grandiose, amazing stories that... You know, without being, um, I guess, uh, labored or, or held down by the current continuity or ca- current canon. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's really what they're going for when they say that. That makes sense. Like a, um, so it's, in other words, it's unencumbered to anything else. Yeah, like it's it's ex- inspired by good stories, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I apologize no, if I any chewing sounds because Nathan brought in these amazing chocolate chip cookies, and I'm just going to keep stuffing them in my face until they're gone. Yeah, that sounds actually really good. On, <laughs> on, yeah. I had a feeling it would. Oh, no, what I was going to say, didn't I read something that this uh, Joker origin movie that nobody cares about <laughs> might fall under that black label now? I have no idea. Yeah, I think I read something like yeah. that. But who knows? I have the, the lineup. Uh, I'll run through it quickly. Superman Year One, Frank Miller, John Romita Jr. Batman Last Night. Wait, Last Night on Earth. Oh, is that what they're calling it now? Yeah, with okay. uh, Night with a K. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh, Batman Damned by Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo. Uh, Wonder Woman Historia, The Amazons by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez, which I think that's going to be a three-book series uh, from the creation of The Amazons all the way to... Like you know, a trilogy of books. Yeah, basically. Meeting of Steve Trevor. Uh, Wonder Woman Diana's Daughter by Greg Rucka, no artist yet. And The Other History of the DC Universe by John Ridley, no artist yet. Oh, that's right. I did hear about that one. Yeah. And, yeah, that um, that's it for the imprint. Uh, maybe we'll get some more announcements, uh, you know, as books are thought up and uh, they're solicited. But, yeah, and that does it for the news this week. Okay, well, not yet. Oh, so, right. 
So we have one more little piece of news. Uh, brace yourselves. Uh, we are going to be changing our uh, upload time, recording day, and all that stuff. Um, we are going to be uploading our episodes on Mondays starting not this week, but next week, correct? Yes. Yes. So this week will still go live like normal. Next week we are going to be recording on – we're going to start recording on Fridays. The episodes will go live on Mondays. Um, if you have any hate mail, send it towards me because it's my fault. So <laughs> Yes, send it to the asp- <laughs> aspiring new cop. Shh. Um, Address it to Officer Cote. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I, I am in the mid- middle of uh, changing careers, and I've got a lot of uh, stuff to do in the academy. So um, I apologize to anybody's <laughs> listening schedule that I have, but everybody else has been gracious enough to try to work around what uh, my schedule is going to be so that I can continue to do this because I really love doing this and I love hanging out with you guys and I'm going to need some semblance of like sanity over the next six months. So um, yeah, so n- not so we're recording next Friday. It will be live that following Monday. So you're going to be like without a podcast for right. a few days. So, yeah, yeah, go back and re-listen to the old ones. <laughs> yeah. I know you guys are going to be jonesing for, you I, know. And once again, I'm sorry. At St. Jonathan, tweet me all your hate mail. I don't care. I'll take it. Yeah, um, You're going to post that Vine is like, you're disrespecting a future uh, <laughs> uh, American soldier. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. Oh, it's so good. It's like this little kid like being bullied, and he's like, you're disrespecting a future American soldier. <laughs> so anyway, um, once again, I apologize, guys. I know you guys love spending your Thursdays with us. Uh, hopefully this gives you guys a little bit longer to to read your books without having us spoil them. Um, and plus, it gives, you a little bit longer, uh, gives us a little bit longer to actually read through them so we're not cramming. So Roger up. isn't reading while we're recording? Yeah. He'll still do that. (laughs) I guarantee you, all of us will probably still do that. that. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably, especially me. Yeah, and so So. for for, uh, you guys who are coming up uh, and are going to be hosting in the near future on the podcast, who I haven't contacted, uh, I will be contacting you soon. Yeah, guesting. Yeah, so once again, I'm sorry. It's my fault. Um, But. Thank you to everybody here. Thank you to Roger for w- being willing to work around my schedule so that I can still do all this with, with you guys since it is a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to our actual oh, – no, wait, sorry. We have questions. Do you have any questions in the email, Johnny? Did you uh, check? Yeah, I ch- we actually only got like three emails, and no, so we don't. Okay, I have one texted to us from uh, – where is it here? Aaron, Aaron Candelaria. So, uh, which books or book would you have your dream team take over to improve or save the quality of? Kelly Sue DeConnick, Captain Marvel. I want her back. I don't know. What, what artist? Dream team. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll think of something. I, you know what? My answer to that most of the time is Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns and any of his artists that he loves working with. Mm-hmm. And now a dream team really is like like you were saying earlier, it's it's team. Tom King and Mitch Garrett's man. Yeah. You put them on anything, I think it's gonna shine. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, um, so, and the sad thing is, is I have to think of more Marvel titles to put my dream team on than DC titles because everybody DC at the moment. Well, give it a couple months, and you're going to want to put somebody back on Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, answer this question in a couple months. Yeah, I might have to get back to you on on that in a couple months. We'll see how how Bendis does. Um, And then uh, I hope that's an adequate answer, Aaron. Uh, probably not. I know I'm going to hear I don't think anybody, yeah. any of us answered it. Yeah. I, in a couple months, I'll probably say bring Donny Cates back to Doctor Strange because yeah. I'm not sure why they're fixing Who's that. Who's doing Doctor Strange now? I think it's going to be Mark Wade. Wade. I think it's Wade. Oh, right. But Donny Cates is doing so good right now. Why yeah. fix something that's It felt like it feels like a transitional type of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, it's another, I think it's another shake up to, hey, let's get number ones. Let's get the hot. Donny Cates, let's be honest, he's the hot writer at Marvel. Yeah. You know, um, and he's, I mean, he's killing it. So whenever, and they've got a Venom movie coming out. So it's like, well, we got to put the hot writer on a book to sell for when the movie hits. Yeah. You know? So anyway, uh, second question. Do you have any strong recommendations for any of the new heroes coming out of DC? Sideways. Sideways is really fun. I like that book a lot. That's I've, the only one I'm pulling. I've really, really enjoyed yeah. the Silencer. I think the Silencer Silencer's is a really great good too. story. I'm not crazy about Romita on the art. I can't do it. Hey, yeah, but after, the story's fantastic. After the third really issue, good. it is good. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. good. But the third issue, Victor Bogdanovich. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, you, you that, have to is think that a, about it for a minute. Yeah, but it's him. He's taking over the Silencer. And that sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, I believe Romita is. Uh, He's already done those issues, and he's he's doing Kickass at the moment. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, I think like he just commented. He's like, that one's good. Terrifics, really good. Yeah. Um, uh, I think like Romita commented. He's like, oh, this isn't a PC book for all you PC lovers. I'm like, dude, shut up. I love Romita though because I mean, he's, he's, he's that's unfiltered. That, I know, but that's stupid. Like, come on. Like, who cares? It's fine if it's not PC. It's just. You, you care a little bit. John. No, like he <laughs> the thing is, like he doesn't he doesn't have to like say like. You know, this is not for you softies out there. Like, dude, come on. Um, anyway. And then I really like Damage. Um, I can see why some people don't necessarily, but I, I enjoy it at the moment. Um, yeah. What was the other book I just read? The Terrifics? No, 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 no. I think, yeah, I think there's only four out right now, right? Yeah, The Terrifics. Sideways, Silencer, Damage, and Terrifics. I think those are the only ones. Those are the only ones that we've gotten so far? Yep. Oh, Okay. I could sworn there was another one in there that I missed, but okay, yeah. Look, New Age of Heroes has been pretty fun um, for for me anyway. I've been enjoying the the four books. I I haven't taken them off my pool. I think I'm giving them all a full story arc to see what I want. Yeah, you know. Um, but so far, nothing has repul- like repelled me yeah. from anything. I hope like this th- this isn't uh, part of like the new books that DC announces and then cancels because you know like every year they have those books that that uh you know they come out kicking and then they cancel them after like and then just six to, issues. just to, yeah i sorry i didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no. um but i just got this thought also um book that we're reviewing tonight new superman all right new superman is a solid book it really mm-hmm. is it's been for, solid from the first issue and he's a new character i mean even though it's superman like he's you know it's great it just feels very different from like most of the DC titles mm-hmm. and I think I like that it feels like it's in its own corner yeah it really is it's yeah. kind of in, I mean it's part of the current continuity but mm-hmm. it's it's clearly like in another country yeah so um and then this is gonna hurt Johnny so I'm just giving you forewarning oh no 
Uh, Aaron wanted me to tell you that he's read the first two volumes of Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. And his opinion is that he's debating whether or not he should trash your favorite book of all time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he said. Yeah. So it's okay. I'll, like, I'll, like I, I can see why some people wouldn't like it. But to me, it just it, – it's the story of, like, a fun, you know – it, well, not really fun because it gets dark at times, but it's you know the story of a family and their struggles, and I and I. But it surprised me because Aaron loves horror, like all types. Yeah, I don't see the and thing there's is there's horror elements. Yeah, in it. there's horror elements. elements. I don't mean like straight up horror, but horror elements. It, it gets more intense after um, some stuff happens. I wouldn't want to spoil it for you, Aaron. If you're not gonna read it, then. <laughs> Just I'll come into the shop and talk to him. <laughs> yeah, her. just just come into the shop and talk to me. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Yeah. Keep talking. Tell us about our uh, DC book. There's this scene with a bus, and it's just messed up. Anyway, sorry. Roger, <clears throat> you finished? I'm done. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it, right? Yeah. Sweet. All right, tell us about the DC book. The DC book that we read this week is uh, New Superman and the Justice League of China, uh, number 21, by Gene uh, Luen Yang. And, uh, Peoples, I believe. Peoples. It was Victor Bogdanovich for the majority of it. Then it switched over to Philip Tan. And then uh, I can't remember his first name, but Peoples has taken over. Brent Peoples. Brent Peoples. That's a great last name. With two E's. Yeah. Anyway, I'm stalling. Um, no, so yeah. Four stars. Is it time to <laughs> for the graphic novel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, giant sea creatures are attacking... China? Mm-hmm. I don't know where they are. Well, I know they're in China, but like specifically. They're bouncing between uh, Korea and China. Yeah. And the Justice League of China, including this chubby Batman, which chubby Batman for the win because he's so cute. Uh, anyway, um, um, the Justice League of China, including Superman. Shirt. Yeah. We did not sell that, Roger. Chubby Batman, chubby for, the Batman for the win. Uh, I mean, look at him. He's I know. So- I read the book, Johnny. Anyway, uh, Superman, Wonder <laughs> Woman, and Batman are um, fighting against the giant creatures of the deep uh, because the army, I believe, is after the this person from uh, this defector from North Korea. Yeah, the North Korean army is after this this dude they believe mm-hmm. is a traitor. Yeah, and it turns out he is the Aquaman of of uh, North Korea. Basically, that's the pitch. Yeah, yeah, the the. Sea creatures want him back because he's their, I guess, rightful ruler. He's the heir. Right. He's the son of... The, the fun thing about this book is that it's steeped in a lot of um, Eastern mythology. Yeah. So Chinese, Korean, J- Japanese, all that stuff. So um, they they tie it to one of... Like, I mean, the, the Wonder Woman of China, mm-hmm. she's the great green snake of... China, mm. I believe, or whatever, which is like an old, I guess, folktale mythology thing where um, she it's a snake that becomes human kind of thing. And uh-huh. it sounds weird. If you read the issue on her origin, it makes sense. But they use a lot of that to kind of build the Justice League, what they're doing and everything in, in this book. So um, the, the Aquaman... Uh, is tied to like their version of like what Neptune or Triton would be. Okay, that's that seems really cool that they're all you know connected to either like mythology or some mm-hmm. sort of except for Keenan, right? He's just kind of got like the wasn't he an experiment or something? Yeah, it was okay. an experiment that gave him the powers, but they still tied it to more of like the Eastern mythology because he had to learn how to 
like kind of take this tai chi approach to using his power mm-hmm. so um still very cool i mean it's, it's completely different like you said it feels like it's just in its own corner which yeah. it kind of is um and kudos to dc for letting gene one yang t- just build this whole little niche of the dc universe out yeah no the, the this thing is great it feels new you know it, it doesn't feel like you have to be reading anything else you can just be enjoying this um, my favorite two-page spread is actually uh, this one. Stop it. <laughs> you guys, for the love of God. Uh, How many times are we talk about Bendis? <laughs> Bendis is coming. Uh, no, uh, I really like this book. It's, it's definitely interesting, and I like the uh, subtle politics of, like, this guy from North Korea. They're like, oh, there's so much food here like how can this be and like how can you drink this soda from america how do they how do you know that they're not poisoning you well if we don't drink too much well yeah at the one point he says the dogs here eat better than the people yeah which is like oof that's a little messed up um but no like uh, i mean i honestly really enjoyed it chubby batman how would you rate it uh four and a half i think i would read more are you current on this at all? I'm actually not reading this. This is a Johnny book all the way, bro. Really? This is a Johnny book it, all the way. It felt like it. I might have this to. This is a Johnny book that I actually like. That's It's weird. that good. That's weird. It's that good, though. Yeah. But I don't know. You would love this series from start to finish because it's nothing but, like, super fun. Yeah. Like Honestly, you and I disagree a lot, but when you say, like, this is a Johnny book, like, you're mostly right. Like, you know, when you say that about some books. Yeah, and sometimes I say that to mess with you, but in, in all earnestness, like, this is a great book that I think you would enjoy from start to finish, like, or start to, to present day, essentially. Mm-hmm. I might pick up the trade for this, then. You should. Yeah. Roger, you already said four stars. Yeah. Anything I, you want to add? I really liked it. Um, I, I mean, I, I can see myself going as high as four and a half, um, but I, I'd give it four stars. It's it's a lot of fun. It's great. Cool. Nathan? Uh, yeah, I haven't read any of this book, and it was a super fun read. It actually made me want to read more. I was a little confused in, in points. The one thing that I would knock it is that I feel like the Justice League of China's, their personalities didn't come through, and I really want to know more about Chubby Batman because he seemed, he's a bit of a whiner. Yeah, there's he's, a lot yeah. more of that in, in the earlier parts yeah. of the series. He does spend time kind of building it, so you're not getting it all because they, they finally get to a point where they're working as a team because there was a whole big kind of arc in the beginning because Keenan Superman a little bit of a jerk and it was this big clash of personalities early on in the book and so it's to a point now where they're kind of learning to work through all that yeah so it's definitely worth reading from the beginning. yeah I'm I'm excited to read more yeah look at him he's so cute <laughs> <laughs> I love the part where all the little sea creatures were bringing in the bones yeah, the, bones, the, the right. bones that was cool it's like what are they doing <laughs> and yeah and you see it's really cool and there's and the cool thing about this is the original Justice League of China was just New Superman, uh, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And they've slowly been building. They built the, the Trinity, obviously, uh, there first. But now, by the last page, spoilers, we get the Aquaman, um, which is really cool looking. There's a Flash in there, too, right? There is yeah. a Flash that came. She's from America, but she's, oh, is she? she's okay. American Chinese. And so they meet her uh, earlier on, and so they bring her in slowly but surely. And the government's built a Green Lantern, Lantern Corps. Corps. Yeah. And that's freaking, like, there. Th- we haven't had, like, an official Green Lantern that is part of the team yet, but I can see that coming. So, because um, it seems like Gene Luen Yang is kind of building to forming, like, a full league. So, um, yeah. It's cool. What was your rating? Uh, I would give it a four. I'm excited to read more. Cool. 
I think I'm going to give it a four and a half because I've enjoyed this book from, from start to finish. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, there's not a whole lot more I can say about it beyond the fact that it's just a very fun read. It's a great take on um, – <laughs> This is going to sound bad. A great take on Chinese knockoff versions of the Superman. Because yeah. <laughs> the first story arc was called Made in China, oh, which is, good. like, freaking great. That's a good So, um, you know, and I don't I don't say that as an insult. It's just, you know, it's fun. Right. So, anyway, Nathan. Yes. Tell us about. Our indie book, Vampironica number 1, uh, from Archie Comics. And this is the story of Veronica coming home seeing that her parents have been murdered uh, and then she gets attacked by a vampire but she's able to fight him off but she's infected but it seems that she's fighting the virus and is now like killing the bad guys and that's seems pretty yeah. much it right yeah, yeah. okay one of the things i loved about this book was the fact that uh was it greg yes greg smallwood his art's amazing it, it really is it's so good. good um is it penciled or is it digital johnny do you know? Because uh, you're a fan of this guy, right? Yeah, I am, but I'm not. I don't know how. Because it works. looks like it's penciled, but I could almost it, see like a digital quality to it. Yeah, yeah. it might the be digital coloring. Digital coloring. Yeah. Okay. Feel to him. Um, I enjoyed this book, and one of the things I liked about it is he did not overwrite it. Did you guys catch like how like kind of streamlined everything was? Like, yeah, kind of. I let, thought it was very minimalist. Yeah, it was. And he I, let his panels do more of the talking. I feel yeah. like. It was written by Meg Smallwood, but it was outlined and helped with by Greg Smallwood. Because I mean, you know, you have you have the Does story it say by both of them. Yeah, story by Greg and Meg Smallwood. Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure it's like um, they got them, together. And yeah, kind of worked it and out. you know, maybe they're trying to get a story together. And since Meg is new to the, con- I don't even know. She might be. She might not be. Are they husband and wife? Do you I think know? so, right? I mean, either that or brother and sister yeah. or something like that. Or they just have the same last name. Or yeah, it's one yeah. of those. Actually, yeah. No, but it it seemed really cool. I, it like a story about this, uh, you know, this vampire probably hunting down other vampires. That sounds cool as hell. Well, that's Blade. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the one knock I had against it is the whole vampire thing has kind it's of very been bl- done to I, death. But this was still pretty fun. It's yeah. very Blade. Yeah. Now, what's funny is is like, is this anything like Buffy? There's yes, elements, except she's a vampire. Yeah. Okay. Now I should watch Buffy. You well, when she comes out at the very beginning, because it kind of goes, does a flash forward for a few pages, yeah. and then goes back to show how it got to that point. You know, she takes out these vampires at a pool party. At a pool party, and it's, you know she's <laughs> dragging them out of the pool, and she's like, "Great party, Meg," or whatever. Yeah. And that, I'm like, it, that splash page was great. I'm like, okay. Um. um now you like a lot of the Archie horror. I do. Line. Now I get why after reading this yeah. because it's not like straight up like scary horror. It's like it's teen horror. It's teen horror. Yes. Yeah. I think that's why. I, like this seems like a book right up my alley. Like it's like just, it's not scary. It's just in that horror kind of. It seems more fun and like uh you know in, instead of like being it's ser- scared. Like, yeah, the best way you can say it is literally it's just. Archie with vampires. Yeah. It's yeah. that's just what it is. Like if you think of that image, that's what this book is. Like yeah. there's not a whole lot of description that needs to go into it. Yeah, like Afterlife with Archie and uh, Chilling Tales of Sabrina, those are a little bit more in the horror vein. Uh this one seems more like a uh not so much Shaun of the Dead, but leaning more towards that instead of, you know, um 
creepy comics from like the 70s or whatever. Gotcha. It seems more of a fun comic, uh, even though it, it does have some horror elements. I actually might pull this book. <laughs> yeah, I got a pretty strong Buffy vibe from it. Yep. I should you know. watch Buffy. Buffy is your jam, Johnny. I, I should watch Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm I'm gonna anyway. go buy the thing right now. Um, Buffy. I you know I wasn't sure what to think about this. I dug it. Um, I mean it's it's a very fast issue, like you said. It's very minimalist in terms of like there's not a whole lot of dialogue, which I kind of enjoyed because of you know me cramming like a lot of the stuff last minute. I was able to like get the full gist of this without having to sit and like really read through. Um, and then Greg Smallwood's art's really fun. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I don't think we've gotten any Greg Smallwood written stories either, have we? No, because the only thing Greg Smallwood that we did besides this was uh, Moon Knight. Moon yeah, Knight, Lemire, yes, And it was Knight. Lemire. So. Yeah. I what, I really like it. What did you think, Nathan? Like, is, yeah, are we rating now? Is that what we're we talking can, about? Yeah. yeah. No, no. It, it was a great book. I, I don't know that it's my thing. I don't think I would go any further. Um, but it was good. I enjoyed it. And the, like I said, the art's amazing. I could stare at it all day. I, I would probably give it a three and a half. Roger? I'm at four on this one, too. Uh, the art's amazing. The, the only thing I felt went at the end, because it's so minimalist, it's such a fast read, I'm like, that should probably be a two ninety nine comic. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Um, and not to not to take any way th- anything away from the book on the whole, but I'm like, it's... You know, it's like four minutes of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I it's, think it's really fast. But the art is amazing. I love the art. Absolutely love it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I might check out a second or third issue. I would read a trade of this. We'll I don't see. know if I'd pull, like, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I, I would agree with you. Like, the only knock that I have against it is uh, that it ended really quickly, uh, maybe even a little ab- abruptly. Um, oh, it's totally abrupt. Yeah. Like, it's it's definitely designed to be, like, a big, fast cliffhanger ending. Yeah, like, um, I, either way, I, I, I still enjoyed it. I'm probably going to pull it. I hope. See, the thing is, with most Archie horror books, um, they never come out. Afterlife with Archie hasn't mm. come out in, like, a year. Wait, uh, that's not oh, ended? It's, it's been longer than that. Yeah, like, issue oh, it eight. It got to issue eight, and yeah. then it, like, stopped. Oh, and, and it's I, not, and it, it's it not, wasn't over, and I don't, I don't know why Archie's not because it's a hit with everybody. Yeah, wow. And but it's, also, it's been more like two and a half years. And also, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has not come out yet. And I think I don't think it's the artist, artists because uh, Chilling Adventures is by Robert Hack, and um, Afterlife with Archie is by Francesco Francesco Francaria, and they're both written by the same person, which is Roberto Girasacasa. And I think that it's his fault that it hasn't come out yet. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's a bummer. So I don't know. I think Greg Smallwood. Well, if it's in Smallwood's court, like it might come out regularly. I, th- I think it, it might come out more regular, uh, regularly. What would you rate it, Johnny? I really enjoyed it. It did end too soon, though. So uh, four and a half. I'm, gonna, I'm with Roger. I'm going to give it a four. Um, good book. Solid read. I think, personally, I would rather read this in trade form than in issue form. Right. Um, I think I could enjoy a trade of this. So. All right, we're going to go over to... Oh, Marvel, that's me. Yes. Um, Avengers, No Surrender, number... Somehow, number 684, part 10. That, Re- one, so really? that one might be true. Huh? That one might be true. Really? Maybe. I don't really? know. Really? Probably not. It's just part 10. 
Okay. So it's Avengers No Surrender number 10 because that's, I mean, I don't know where 684 even comes from. I didn't bother to open to find the page where they do the the fake math that makes it all they don't that. do that. They, they stopped. Oh God! Because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure someone called them out on it or something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this issue is the return of Banner Hulk. Uh-huh. Um, if you want to kind of see how Bruce Banner kind of comes back from the dead, this is the issue to do it on. Um, not entirely clear. It's right. Just like. He's just the Hulk, and it's him. It's no. They specifically say it's not scientific. It's not magic. It's just the Hulk being the Hulk. Like he's just a force of nature that can't be stopped. He's some sort of doorway to another dimension or something like that. Yeah, yeah, there's a mention of a doorway. I don't know. It was a little odd, and it was very wordy. I think it was the wordiest book out of all the ones that we read this week. Um, Not that that's a bad thing, but when you're trying to cram this stuff, sometimes you're wishing. Well, I mean, maybe for a Greg Smallwood approach. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe we didn't feel like we got enough in Vampironica, so they evened it out in this. <laughs> yeah, they knew we were gonna. Um, there's been a new character, Rogers. Uh, he stepped out for a second, but he'll be right back. Um, he's been current on this, I believe. This is a weekly series, if I'm not mistaken. It is right. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of moving parts here revolving around this this character that's supposedly been forgotten, named Voyager. Um, who we find out some details on in this book as well as Bruce Banner coming back. So we find out that, I don't know, should we spoil Voyager, Roger? Like what happens yes. in this? Okay, so the big lead up in, in Avengers No Surrender was that there was this character that supposedly everybody forgot about. Right. Named Voyager. Turns out it's really um part of, what's the name, Grandmaster? It's the Grandmaster's daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. Playing everybody in this like kind of chess match, trying to make everybody believe that Voyager has been there and been forgotten all along in order to, I guess, outplay the challenger who is in this chess match, this cosmic chess match with uh, the Grandmaster. Um, and in doing so, the challenger, I guess, is the one, is it the challenger that brings back Banner onto the Yes. The whole playing field here. So I guess it's the challenger, really, that resurrects Bruce Banner. And I don't know. This is this is kind of convoluted in the way that they went about. Everything they did with the Hulk in the beginning, mm-hmm. I went over my head. Yeah. I don't know, making him a doorway. To another yeah, dimension to, or whatever. Well, then there was that page in the back that like referenced all the stuff you needed to know about Hulk previously. Yeah, that page right there. Yeah, like Incredible what Hulk 1, Avengers Ultron yeah. Forever, Tales to Astonish, Incredible Hulk 225, Incredible Hulk 367, Incredible Hulk 446, Incredible nope. Hulk 20, nope. or excuse me, Indestructible <clears throat> Hulk, and then Civil War Part 2, Uncanny Avengers number 17, Secret Empire number 5, Secret Empire number 6. Sorry. I, I felt a little bit, well, a lot about this book the same way Johnny feels about metal. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that it's just so much callback and inside baseball that I just was completely lost. It was such a hot mess for me because I don't really follow, follow Marvel at all. And I I, I can see that. I can I agree. Definitely it was rough. see that with this book. I it was rough. It. This now, is I, not a good jumping on point. No. I could see some people that love the Hulk just eating this up. Absolutely I, eating this up. I, um, <clears throat> yeah, I can, I can see your point, uh, Nathan. Um, like, 
I probably won't be picking up the next issue, but I thought with what they did with the Hulk, they made him kind of cool. And the Hulk has never been cool to me. Like, he's just been, like, this dumb brute. Like, uh, you know, he's fine. This is what I don't... Sorry, I don't mean no, to step yeah, on please. Um, This is what I don't get, because we have, like, three writers on this, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Wade, um, Jim Zub, Zub and, and Alu Ewing. Al and then we had, what, Paco Medina and uh, two artists? Something Bennett? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's... Maybe, I think that's why this feels like such a... It could a be. mishmash of stuff, because you got guys that are doing, in, in, in a weekly series, you've got guys that are only doing a certain amount of pages per book. So if you've got three different writers divided amongst however many pages this book is... Yeah. That can be rough. Um... And that might be why it was a little bit like for me it was a little frustrating because I was just kind of like what is going on here yeah you know so um, I don't know I really what I really liked uh, is most of mostly the Hulk stuff the stuff with the Voyager and the Grandmaster was like oh it's 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 okay but I really like that they reference back to like back issues that I've never read or never I like I didn't even know Hulk died this many times but I really like the the layout where they're showing the panels where he's dying and it's like no matter what. He never understood, not fully. He never saw the door, but as a, you know, as a, they're, um, they're talking about like Hulk always comes back, no matter what. Like he's a force of nature. Especially right. now that he's immortal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think that's what they're trying to play at. Yeah. Like they're saying like Hulk. He's always been that way. Yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. been. Um, but I mean, I, I just thought that whatever they did with him here was kind of cool. Not that I understand basically any of it. Like, I just understand that they're trying to convey that he's a force of nature, that he will always come back. And there's, this some, there's some great splash pages in this, yeah. but for, for writing's sake, like, if it wasn't for some of these big splash pages, I think I would have gotten a little more bored with this book than I did in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's Paco Medina that did this. I'm not po – it's near the end. Um, I don't know this character's name, but she's punching the Hulk, and it's just this big kind of – yeah, spread. That looks like really Medina. great. That looks like Medina. So, um, there's some there's some pretty stuff in this amongst the two artists. Uh huh. Um, I think Nathan hit it right on the head. Where it's like for it's a lot of fan service. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like oh, if you guys are following, if you guys have been following Avengers since like the freaking '60s, you will <laughs> love this. Roger, you're current on this, right? Yes. How do you feel about this, like in as a whole, like so far this series? Actually, I like it. I like what they've done. I like I like what they did with this issue with uh, Voyager. Mm -hmm. So, would uh, you say the Hulk is the weakest part of this issue in your opinion? Like yeah, what they did with I, him? Yeah, I, I'm, like I said, the, the Hulk stuff went over my head. I mean, I knew ultimately what they were doing. They're saying, okay, they're gonna resurrect him into the immortal Hulk, and he's, you know, there's something else that's the driving force behind Bruce Banner being the Hulk. Fine, whatever. But for me. The, the meat of the story is still with the Voyager. Avengers and Voyager yeah. and this game with the Grandmaster because now Voyager is playing her father, you know? Yeah, and that's kind of a big spoiler. Like we find out that Voyager is the, the... Or did we find that out earlier? Cause no, sure. we found that, that out here okay. that she's the Grandmaster's daughter, but apparently he's been using her in all these previous games as an ace up his sleeve. Um, and she's tired of being the ace up his sleeve, and so she's playing to beat her father at his own game, too. So I think uh, um, it's kind of cool. 
Um, the whole coming back, I really didn't care. The last page with uh, the Iron Hulk. Right. I think it's Red Hulk. Yeah. Iron Red Hulk. Which Red Iron Hulk? <coughs> Iron Hulk. Yeah. That's what they call Iron it. Hulk. It's the Red Hulk. It's Thaddeus Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, or Thunderbolt Ross. Is yeah. it? Is it him? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it has his mustache, but I think they called him. I thought they called him something else. No, that's who it is. Oh, okay. But he can't go full on Hulk anymore because it's it's killing him. Uh, so, a la Tony Stark with his bad heart, he gets, you know, everybody gets armor. The Iron you Pat- get armor. The Iron Patriot. You get armor. Uh, armor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Red Hulk is General Robert L. Maverick. In this? Yeah. It's not Thunderbolt Ross. I guess not. Okay, I'm gonna lose something happened along the way. Uh, Mario. That you know what? I bet you that's from U.S. Avengers. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Because he was in that. The Red Hulk was on that team, and I guarantee you that's where they changed it out. Yeah. Huh. Go figure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. What would you guys rate this? Uh, three and a half. It was okay. Um, I like the Hulk stuff, even though I have no idea how they resurrected him. I don't know. I, I just like the idea of making Hulk like a little scary, you know. Think of I'm thinking of him more as a Frankenstein's monster instead of this smart guy that changes into this dumb strong guy. Yeah. And that's what I've always thought of the Hulk as this dumb strong guy. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry Hulk fans if you're <laughs> if anybody's actually out there. Uh I'm going to say two and a half. I kind of feel like so I'm not a Marvel guy, and I've been trying to expand my horizons that way. I'll and get you there. I, I found a lot of good single-character books that I've really enjoyed. Everything I've read with Marvel teams, in which there's like, what, seven or 8,000 different Marvel teams, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. they just kind of all jumped the shark for me. There's so many superheroes and supervillains. It's almost like there's no actual humans left in that universe. There's yeah. just... With the team yeah. books, it feels like they're always referencing something from the past, yeah. and that you know that sucks. So I I just didn't enjoy this at all, but that's just me. I'm gonna give it a two and a half. Okay, um, three stars for me. It's it's a good book. It's not great. Um, I'm really digging what they're doing with Voyager. I'm right where you're at. Three also. Um, I think the coolest stuff for me was the Voyager stuff because that's all new. Um, you know, I get that. The, I'm curious to read the Immortal Hulk because their take on it, it's like going to be scary and creepy and, and all this stuff. And I would like something a little bit further flushed out. Excuse me. For for what we got here, because I just felt like this was a little ad hoc in execution. Right. So um, anyway, what would you guys rather have reviewed? And in place of what? Uh, I read Doctor Strange this week, and it's it's just solid, as usual. So I would definitely replace that with the Marvel. Donnie Cates. Yep. I read Mr. Miracle. It's the only other book that I grabbed right away to, to pick up because it's been a little bit of a break, and it was awesome. <laughs> oh, so good. It really was. <laughs> I had every intention of getting that one done, but I didn't. I, uh, I actually had opportunity to read a good chunk of my pull list this week. And so there's a couple indie books that I'll plug that are really good. Uh, Infidel, number one, came out this week. It's a uh, socio-political horror book. You know, I almost put that on the review list. I really liked 
Yeah, the art's amazing. I think it's. I mean, it's only a six issue miniseries, and I think it's going to be really, really solid. Uh, and then there's another series that I've been reading by Brian Hill, who did Postal from Image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Bonehead, and it's uh, it's a futuristic sci-fi world where everybody wears these uh, augmented reality helmets called boneheads, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's sort of ruled by these parkour street gangs, and uh, it's fun and goofy and silly, and I'm really really liking it. Number th- I think it was <laughs> no- issue three that just came out this hmm. week. Okay. Cool. I think you're the only guy in the Antelope Valley reading that. Nice. <laughs> but but uh, that's cool. I might, I might have to check it out yeah. and order more. Uh, things that came out this week, I would recommend Sideways number two. It's really good. I li- I'm liking it so far. Up. Yeah. Uh, graphic novel I read is Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur volume one. I'm rereading that, and it's just super fun. Uh, maybe eight years and up. It's just about, you know, the smartest girl in the Marvel Universe. Uh, and she's getting her own animated series, so pick that up if you're interested. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Hey, it's Roger. Real, it's real fun. Do you have the highlights? The highlights? Yeah. I gave them to you. Are they here? <gasps> oh, they're underneath. Pay My attention, bad. Jonathan. Yeah, sorry. I didn't see that. <laughs> All right. I like that Johnny can recommend books that I can read with my, my kids. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. He's good for something every yeah. so often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of have to be. Except, ex- well, except for the other extreme of Johnny. Uh, <laughs> where don't don't read those don't, don't read those books with your kids. Yeah, he was right. telling me about sex criminals. The other day. <laughs> Nathan's gonna be with his girls. He's gonna be like, tonight we're reading Nailbiter. <laughs> <laughs> or Sunstone. Johnny told me about this Sunstone series. <laughs> I was it's just really gonna great. mention that. Or insects. Oh, it, it's God. a really good book. Stop. Anyway. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> you are like, like I've always said, you are a man of extremes, yes. Johnny, one way or the other. I'm never in the middle. Nope. Uh, all right, so next week we are going to be reviewing Mighty Thor number 705. Is this it? Is this yes. the farewell to Jane Foster? Yes. And we may review the next two Thor books. Really? Yeah. Okay. There's some, This is supposed to be the death of uh, Mighty Thor. Yeah. But 706, from what I hear is going to be a pretty special book, too. It's Jane going to the gates of Valhalla. Oh, my God. I'm right. a, I'm so uh, I'm excited, but also heartbroken. Yeah. That series has been great. I'm ready for Thor Odinson to come back as the mighty Thor. He never left. I know, but... But he hasn't had his own book. I get that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, I... Yeah, I want him to come back, too, but I want him to be worthy. Yeah. You know, I do too. I mean, I'm, don't I'm get me wrong. I don't really like how they, like the whole like. What is, what is the new book right? called? I don't think it's called Worthy. What is it called? The new one with Jason Aaron. Did they announce another one with Jason? Yeah, Aaron? yeah, they did. He's still going. <laughs> yeah. That man's never gonna not write Thor. He is a Viking. Have you ever seen a picture of Jason Aaron? By the way, I think he's so. a he's like a even beefier version of Nathan. <laughs> And Nathan's like pretty like burr already, so I, I can see him in a, a Viking helmet. That was the image for the letters column. It was him wearing Thor's helmet, and he's got a beard the length of Nathan's. Nice. So, anyway, I mean no disrespect at all in that Nathan. I meant that as like the most utmost comment or uh, um, compliment. Anyway, yeah, Jason Aaron uh, and Mike Del Mundo with. Uh, Thor, number one. That's what it's going to be called. That's just Thor? Yeah. Okay. 
He's never going to stop. Yeah. He's got Viking stories for days. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so next week for DC, we're going to be reviewing Harley Quinn 40. Roger? This is, yes. <laughs> this is good cover art. Just because. Just because. Um, All right. Yeah, Heather Heather hates this book with the new with the new writers. Who's okay. the new writer? So I'm curious. Thierry. Hmm. Frank Thierry, I think. I don't know who the artist is. I don't know. All right. We'll see how it goes. Um and then Or at least that's the plan. We'll see. I may I may chicken out. Okay. <laughs> I will say Brave and the Bold, uh Batman and Wonder Woman number two is out next week, and I really enjoyed the first issue. That's with the Celtic stuff, right? It's all Celtic mythology. Yeah, this, that sounds This Celtic cool. god uh, comes to seek help from Wonder Woman because he knows of her prowess as, like, you know, the, the Greek gods and all this stuff. And there's this big, like, unrest. And one of the, the Celtic uh, god kings was, like, killed and they need help. Batman gets sucked into the whole thing because there's something creepy going on in the Irish district of Gotham. Jeez. And so, uh, but see, he... It's good. I think you'd actually like kind of where the first issue hangs off with what happens to Batman. Yeah, I heard it, so. It, it's more of a Wonder Woman book in the first issue. And so um, I really enjoyed it. I was not sure what to think with Liam Sharp writing and, and penciling. Oh. Really solid book. Huh. So number two comes out next week, Roger. Okay. Just saying. Yeah, we might have to all read the same comic. <laughs> <laughs> you read my issue because I'm pulling it. Uh, and then for indie next week we have monstrous number fifteen. Um, so uh, I can't remember which issue. Of, I think we did like maybe ten, nine. It's been a while. It's been a while. I thought you guys did the first trade. No. Did we do the first trade? Maybe I could be. Is that what it was? No, we did no. an issue. It was like twelve or something. No, it wasn't that recent. It monsters? was ten, and they had to have taken a break. I feel like it's been like eight months. Maybe. I'll um, look it up. Um. And then uh, graphic novels next week, just a short list. Aliens, Dead Orbit, Trade Paperback, Black Science, Trade Paperback, Volume <coughs> 7, Extinction <coughs> is the Rule, uh, Flash Trade Paperback, Volume 5, Negative Rebirth, um, Superman Action Comics, Deluxe Edition, Mr. Oz. Oh, Roger, add that to my poll, please. <laughs> yep. <done. laughs> uh, X-Men Blue, Trade Paperback, uh, Volume 00, Reunion, X-Men Blue, Trade Paperback, Volume 3, Cross Time Capers, and that's pretty much going to be uh, your new graphic novels coming out next week and then the books that we're reviewing. So, uh, All right. That's it for highlights. Roger, you've been jonesing for it. Oh, yes. Uh, Did you <laughs> I was forget? Like, what, trivia? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the graphic novel we reviewed this week is Sheriff of Babylon by uh, Tom King and Mitch Garretts and... War sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't bring out the best in humanity. And that's pretty much what this book is about. It's 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 uh, the plot of the book centers around um a a cop from San Diego who um in 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 his telling of the story had met one of the uh attackers of nine eleven. Um and missed the connection and he kind of blames himself for 9-11 and in response to that he um, goes over to Iraq um, after the fall of Baghdad to try and make a difference 
and he ends up, uh, you know, in this training capacity for the new Iraqi police force. And um, yeah, trying to establish some order. One of, right, one of his enlistees uh, shows up dead, and he's trying to get to the bottom of who killed this guy and why. And that's what this story is about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's an intense one too. Yeah, this is a, this is a this is a mature book. Yeah. And this is a heavy read. I mean, it there's a lot of You know, I just like I'm not a horror guy mm-hmm. typically, but I but I like I like um smart psychological horror, horror done well. Um I'm not a I'm I'm in no way a war guy. I don't like war books. I don't want to read them. Um, I really wasn't that thrilled about having to read this story, uh, but it's written so damn well, mm-hmm. and the art is so great in this book. Um, and while while it does show a lot of the worst of human nature, it there are glimpses into the best of human nature, also. Um, and it's it's just it's it's a uh, it's a hard book to read. Uh, not hard like Mouse. Uh, hard in in a little different way. Yep. It's a, you know it's stuff that you don't want to, and I guess this is true of Mouse too. Stuff you don't want to admit about what Humanity. people are capable yeah. of. Yeah. So uh, at some points, it not to say that it feels harder than Mouse, like hard to read, um, but since it's like. Since you can actually think back to when this happened, a little and more it, recent, yeah. it, it feels more real. Like, I think not, because the art yeah. is more realistic too. It has, right? Uh, yeah, sure. yeah. Like we mentioned on the mouse review that uh, you know Art Spiegelman was drawing them like mice to kind of make it a little easier to read. Um, but with this, it just it's everything about it is realistic. Garrett's, he's got this way. <clears throat> Of being stylized, but being gritty. Right. Like, realistic gritty. Like, portraying, like, the truth of it. But in a in a very stylized way. And I, I know that sounds contradictory, but there's something about the way that he can panel and... Uh, yeah. Maybe, like, Sean Phillips? Yeah. With, like, the Ed Brubaker yeah. uh, noir stuff? Yeah. In, in that genre, how... Right. how very like kind of distinct that is it's the same way with this i i enjoyed this book but i also didn't enjoy it i i didn't enjoy reading it at some points i'm like when when i read at a certain point uh you know with what happened to um what's that guy's name nasir nasir's wife nasir's wife oh yeah i was like yeah i i you know turned around to roger i was like i don't want to read this anymore it's just like it's bumming me out more than I think Mouse was, um, because it just feels well. And right off the different. bat, I mean, in the first three pages, you have the little girl in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And everybody runs out, and he goes in to talk to her. Yeah, you know, because everybody thinks she's got a bomb vest on her. Um, and that. Boy, that was that was tough, but that was something that came back 
you know, it's the, at the beginning of the, it started at the beginning of the book, and it was kind of a, a common theme, and came through at the end, where he goes, you know, he tells the girl, he's like, you know, what's wrong with, uh, with this war? There's no chocolate, you know, mm-hmm. that is his father or grandfather who had fought in the Philippines said that they used to give the indigenous people uh, chocolate, yeah. you know, and they they loved them for it. They made they made friends, and in this war. He's like, there's, there's no chocolate. The the people aren't getting anything, but um, their their lives supremely disrupted on a daily basis from both sides. Right. We uh, we forgot. Why did you pick this, Nathan? Um. It. Well, I am quickly becoming as much a fan of Tom King, and particularly when he's with Mitch Garrods, as I am of Jeff Lemire. I think King is just proven himself to be an amazing writer uh, and so this is one I hadn't read uh, and I wanted to read it so I thought it'd be a good one for us to talk about um, really fascinating stuff I love the fact that it's informed by his own experiences as a CIA operative yeah a post loose biography yeah I think is what he said yeah one of the things we talked about is he had to run all his scripts by his former CIA employees right. he, didn't, he didn't even work for the CIA yeah. anymore, but he still had to just to make sure that he wasn't crossing any lines or anything. So, you know, there's definitely those flavors of truth in here. And I really like this book. I enjoy it, but I enjoy it in the same way that I enjoy, like, say, Schindler's List or did you guys see Hacksaw Ridge, that movie recently? Great movie. I don't ever want to see it again because it just was hard, hard to watch. It was unpleasant, but it was a great story. I kind of feel the same way about this one, and I'll probably reread it at some point because it's so well done. But it is a tough read it's an ugly world that uh king and it's portraying it's a riveting read but i have i had a hard time enjoying it Mm -hmm. because like uh like jonathan you say that i'm uh, part of like two extremes either i'm all fun and whatever silly stuff and then i'm i go into like the dark stuff with horror but not realistic dark exactly i can understand believe me i understand that with with like with Vampironica or with Nailbiter, I know that stuff's fake as hell. Like I'm fine with it, but this this just feels too real, too intense. It it it, it gives me like these weird feelings of just disgust and making me feel bad about the state of you know uh, what c- humanity is capable right. of. Right, like and that it, scene where uh, they were torturing Nasir. They had him captured and they were torturing that sucks, him. Sucks, man. It made me like, hate. Yeah, just All like how them. could you take someone's dignity like that? You know yeah. what I mean? Like just, oh, uh, yeah. This was an interesting thing because um, I came in and bought both these trays from Roger a few months ago because um, unfortunately there was no sign of a hardcover on the horizon, <laughs> and now there is one. Uh, so I bought both trades, which I'll probably end up upgrading to that nice hardcover. Yeah, it looks nice. Um, and I burned through both of them in the same day. It's that compelling. Mm-hmm. Mm. It doesn't mean it's easy, as Roger can probably um, attribute also, but you did the whole, pretty much the whole thing today, right? Yep. I, that's what happened with me. I, I got I, into it. Did you do the whole thing today, too? I got here at 3, and I finished before Roger. He, he was halfway through the book, nice. and I just started it. Well, yeah. Fortunately, it was Wednesday, and we had some customers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's one of those things like kind of once it grabs hold of you, 
you you kind of have to just keep going all the way until the end. At least that's how it was for me. Um, I kind of think it's unfair to, that they split it into two volumes. I don't think it was ever intended to be. I don't think so it's, either. It's one complete story. It is one complete yeah. story. Um, but, I mean, the two volumes, bang, 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 pow, pow, pow. Yeah. Which that was a great way that he used those, those black things. panels. R- rather than showing the bullets being fired, bang, you had bang, those black bang. panels. Yeah. Pow, pow, it, pow. Which yeah. it, w- he does the same thing in Mr. Mr. Mirror. Yeah. Dark Side he's is. got the, you know, almost that drum beat kind of thing. And with this, I was like, oh, that's, yeah. you know, uh, kind of where he, where he started doing that. And it, it's, it's quite effective. Yeah, Scott McCloud talks about uh, in his book Understanding Comics about like the gutter space and how you're imagining what's happening between panels, mm-hmm. and that's how that works. And I think uh, Garrett's du- like takes it a step further, and with just one word, with bang, like you're imag- like even though he's not showing it, you're clearly seeing it in your head, like Which, what happened. Like in drawing that to horror, uh, the best horror is where they don't show you everything. And where you have to use your mind and imagine, where it's just not outright gore. And I think that's what makes, again, that makes this really effective. It's because they're not showing you everything. Yeah, whenever I saw, like, black panels on the next page, I was like, oh, I don't want to see this. You know, because it's just... Yeah, and sometimes there were a lot of black panels. Yep. (sighs) I don't know. The partnership between King and... Is it Jared's or Garrett's? Garrett's. Garrett's. I get it wrong every time. I know. Everybody <laughs> thought it was Jared's for the longest time, and then he finally did some interviews where he he said his last, hey, this is Mitch Garrett's. Yeah. And then I was like, ah, got it. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, they're a fantastic partnership. I don't know how much of the storytelling in terms of, like, paneling is King, how much of it is Garrett's. I'm not really sure. But this book has such a, a cinematic feel to it. I think, and Mr. Miracle does as well. Well, they even call these season one. Right. I, I read that, too, that he, uh, King already has a second story already written, but he mm-hmm. said he won't do it with anybody but Garrett's, so he's yeah. waiting until he's free. So they're – well, they're going to finish Mr. Mr. Miracle, yeah. and yeah, then do that they'll, one first, they'll go yeah. right into this. But uh, I don't know. This book feels very, very cinematic, and I think Garrett's uses the nine-panel grid so much better than pretty much anybody out there because – a lot of times people use a nine-panel grid, and each panel will be completely different, whereas Garage uses it where there's only subtle differences from panel to panel. To convey momentum. Yeah, you're seeing momentum. Like you're seeing how the characters change, and you're, you're kind of dwelling more Sometimes he even does 16 feeling. panels. Right, yeah. Which is, like, intense. And then there was one sequence in there where there was, um, there was like, an official talking to the woman. Like, what's her name? I thought. Uh, Sophia. Oh, Sophia. Oh, Sophia. Um, Sophia. Where they were talking, but, like, the camera, the the was focused on the one who was listening. So the word bubble's oh, coming right. from off screen and then it would switch around. So when the other one's talking mm-hmm. then you're and so you're you're really having to dwell on how they're listening in the conversation. And how they're perceiving it. Yeah, and it, it reminded me Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or no 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 that's not it. That's not it. No, that was where she was just talking to talking all different, different people. guys. Mm-hmm. You don't see her, you don't know yet who yeah. this person is that's talking to all these guys. But I don't know if any of you guys read the Image Plus magazine. I do every so often. But the one that just came out has uh, interviews with Lemire and Sorrentino about Gideon Falls. And Gideon, uh, Lemire has this quote in there where he says that comics uh, allow you to do something that you can't in film and television, and that's allow you to dwell on the internal 
lives of the characters because in film or television once they cut away from that scene it's done whereas in comics you can focus on that and you can kind of see those subtle changes and I think that's what these two do really really well mm. together is you can kind of just feel everything that's going on with these characters yeah absolutely I because in one sense I think that this would make a fantastic movie but in the other sense I think the fact that you have to dwell on this stuff that you can't just cut away from it real quick it's is more, pretty important it's more of like a character piece it's like it's not much action there is some action but not really it's more about the lives of these characters and what's really happening it's you know it's a mystery and it, it, it's heartbreaking at that like the stuff with Nasir about his daughters and it's just amazing stuff it's like he's just explaining to these these people like oh my his daughter's names and after he you know um describes one of them he shoots one of them you know and it's intense and it's heartbreaking because you see nasir just crying while he's doing this i i I like this book but i don't think i can i don't think i want to read it again because i read it when it came out and and like issue by issue it was like okay this is this is good but it's a lot altogether uh, it's man it's a lot altogether like i've said before i tell everybody that's read this is this is a heavy book like it i don't mean that literally i mean that thematically there's a lot of stuff that's draining to get through it it makes you kind of just depressed in a way it's just like uh, it's just so sad for all of these characters you know it kind of makes me want there there's another book out there which which needs to be on on our review list um that it, it, this book actually made me want to go back and read and that's pride of baghdad by brian k vaughn right um, it's, it's about, about lions escaping. Yeah, hmm. it centers around the in, in the first the when we s- invaded Iraq and they started bombing Baghdad. Um, the walls back in the nineties. Yes. Okay. Right. Was Maybe about Desert Storm. Yeah. Bush Senior. That, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm pretty like sure it was that one. That. Uh, and the the Baghdad Zoo had gotten hit, um, and you had this pride of lions escape the zoo, and it's the story is from basically from their point of view as they're going through Baghdad uh, with bombs going off around them, yeah, and 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 war happening. So uh, it's, it's supposed to be pretty pretty powerful. Yeah, it's a true story of African lions that escaped from the Baghdad Zoo in. Uh, 2003 after a bombing. Oh, okay. okay, so that was. Right. That was right after. It was right after 9/11 then. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like right before Sheriff of Babylon then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time and that's a, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a, a great book. Not again. Not that I want to read more war books, but yeah. this one made me think about that. Anyway, I mean, what's left to really say about this book? It's, it's great. Uh, it, it's very well written. It's not something I want to read. <laughs> Yeah. Write it. As a book, as like uh, an amazing piece of storytelling, both in the writing and the art, it's obviously a five, but I don't think I can enjoy it as much, you know, like with with the very heavy concepts. And, you know, I, I like heavy concepts too. I like crying in books, but this just made me feel 
like not crying it, it made me feel kind of disgusted and just wrong and i don't think i enjoyed it that much but I think, I think it achieved its purpose. Though. Well, yeah, I yeah. think that was the intent. Was just, I, war is hell. Yeah, you're right. You know, like that's the point. It's not glorifying it at all. No, no, not at all. It's so. like I said. It's it's greatly written. That's not a word, right? No, that's not the correct greatly? way. Greatly, greatly written. Yeah, well written. It's written. Well written works. Yeah, well written. It was written greatly. Uh, that there works. There it is. There you go, Johnny. Um, I don't know. It's a four. Cool. Uh, it's five stars for me. Um, the writing and the art are are absolutely powerful. I feel so bad for um, Nasir. It, you know, it 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 really makes you think. And I think you know, uh, it's it's another one of those books that's just brutally honest. Mm-hmm. You know, it it shows the world. You know, shows you how the world is, and it doesn't it doesn't really try to judge one way or the other i mean there's good and bad on on all sides right um but you still get you still get you know uh a glimpse of the goodness in humanity too so and people trying to do the right things even if sometimes (laughs) that dude chris is a relatable character in this man like you he just he keeps trying to to do the right thing through the whole book and just no and then and then he finds out stuff and he's like yeah are you kidding me yeah are you kidding me now what the heck yeah so um yeah that's like when when he was talking to the guy and i don't remember his name because it wasn't jim the ops guy who comes into play yeah. at the end no, but yeah. it's the, the other hair. guy yeah. the other guy who left uh um, Ali Al Nahir out in who who left the mountain in enemy territory, yeah. you know. Um, but that guy, because they're sitting there talking, and Chris gets up and moves around the back of his chair and pulls a gun on him. He never sees it, and it's like you know he wants to pull the trigger. He's like, I can't believe you know you're responsible for this guy's death. You did this, you know, and it was it was one of his men. So really powerful stuff. Um, I I love I love this story, uh, which was quite unexpected. And that was that was nice. I'd give it a five. Nathan. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Johnny in that. It's a great book. It's not a fun read in any means, but I mean, it's so well told, so well written, so well drawn that I mean, I really can't say anything other than a five. It's 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 really. I think it it's one of those things that kind of transcends the genre. Like it, it's just it seems like a pretty important story. So I'm I'm gonna say five. Yeah, I, I'm you know same thing. It's a five. It's it's compelling. It's gripping. Uh, doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it's in like necessarily enjoyable all yeah, the way right. through. Yeah. But man, you'd be hard pressed to find another team that can tell a better story yeah. in this day and age right. so yeah. um, it's a five for me yeah even um, though <clears throat> even though i gave it a four i don't think there's any doubt that this would be ascp certified if you're you know if you're interested in this book i would say pick it up because it's a great read yeah not a greatly read great read. <laughs> <laughs> it's greatly read yeah on a, on, a, on a side uh, tom king note um the first thing that he wrote after leaving the cia is a novel called A Once Crowded Sky. Yep. And I just started reading it. I'm about 60 pages in, and it's so good. 
He had to give out stickers or magnets at a show to get people to come and check that book out when he first. Yeah. yeah. So it's the story of this, uh, you know, fictional city uh, where all the superheroes, there's this one big event where they all have to give up their powers in order to destroy this ultimate evil. And then, so the ultimate evil is dead, but all the supervillains died as a result of it too. So now you have all these superheroes with no powers anymore and not quite sure what to do with themselves. And I mean, as you would expect from Tom King, it's really, really well written. And it has it has some comic panels weaved into it as well. Uh, and it has some like script elements weaved into it as huh. well. It's it's really, really and good. And I do, I do actually want to give Johnny a little bit of props because he made a comment a while ago, I think when we reviewed The Vision, where he said that, Tom King seems to work best in that 12-issue mm-hmm. maxi series when he knows his beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably one of the mo- more evident traits in this, especially pacing-wise, everything. like. Yeah. So um, You're seeing that uh, here in The Vision and now Mr. Mr. Miracle. Miracle. And even in uh, Omega Men. Oh, yeah. That was 12 also. Yeah. 12-issue maxi series, nine-panel grid also. That was great. Um, he, he has got that tuned and – like perfect so um anyway roger right. hold on i'm gonna dwell on this for a second okay. a once crowded sky a once crowded sky yeah he's as good a prose writer as he is a oh, comic yeah. writer oh yeah, yeah. wow it, and what's great is because you're kind of coming at it from a comics angle because you know it's about superheroes and it's a comic writer so you're kind of picturing the comic panels in your head as you're reading but it's it's really really well written huh if i'm not mistaken blake has it and he's I think he said he's read a little bit of it, or he's going to. Okay. Something like that. He told me about it because uh, I was like, yeah, I read that he had done that that book. And Tom King had said in an interview, like, just to get people to, like, look at his book. He was giving out, like, magnets and stuff like mm-hmm. that, trying to, like, you know, attract people to, like, check it out and whatnot. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe – shout out to Blake, by the way. Yeah. Um, I miss like, you. He well, said – uh, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. I mean, I, he 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 blows me away. I mean, in, in the same vein that Jeff Lemire does. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Roger. Okay, tribute time. Uh, did you do uh, Did you do any numbers for last week? Uh, yeah, we had two people. No, we have uh, we have three. All right. <clears throat> okay. Uh, work on a winner. Yeah, and I'll I'll do. Uh, I'll do trivia for this week. Okay. Um, trivia mean, for this week is going to be uh, centered around Veronica. I have I have the winners if you want. So you're all screwed. <laughs> I haven't read Archie comics since I was like 12. And how old are you? 13. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, I have the, the winners if you want them. Okay, go ahead. The winner of the comics uh, the from com- uh, last week. The comics they were. is uh, Ian Robbins. Congratulations, Ian. Congrats, Ian. Yeah. And, and the, the winner of the trade paperback last week, which was Runaways. It's Bryce Smith. Bryce, congratulations. Congratulations, so, Bryce. Yes, there were only three answers sent in. I know. So you, you had, uh, what, a 66% chance of winning something. Right. Yeah. Sorry for the third guy. <laughs> but no, I mean, send in your uh, your answers uh, for this week, so you have a chance to win uh, Sheriff of Babylon. It's worth it. It's worth reading. Yeah, just make sure you're over eighteen. So, yeah, Crichton, if true. I see it's, you, if it's I a see you email, <laughs> you're not going to win. I know. <laughs> okay, so um, for this week, 
What was Veronica's first appearance? That's why I asked you how old you were. Archie Comics. <laughs> no. <laughs> Life no. It was not Archie Comics. More if fun If you've been comics. listening to Multiversity University. Ah, uh, I'm behind. You would, you would, you would know the comic series. Uh, I'm so behind. It's it's like one of those long titles, isn't it? Like more fun comics or no, something. No, it's n- no. No. Okay. It's a very short title. I'm so sorry, Larry, that I'm not current on <laughs> Sunday your Funnies. That's okay. Bryce is sitting, Bryce is in there going, "It's Pep Comics, <laughs> Pep <laughs> Comics." <laughs> to be fair, I've been busy. Yes, uh, it's Pep Comics number twenty-six, April nineteen forty-two. Shut up. Yeah. That far back? That far back. Wow. I didn't know yeah. Archie went that far back. Well, as Larry would tell you. <laughs> Listen to Multiversity Archie University. was actually just a backup story, like a six-page backup story in Pep Comics. I have got to catch up. Like, I think it was Pep Comics. Yeah. Anyway. If you're a Patreon um, member, and it, you it was, People started buying. people. <laughs> 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 People started buying Pep Comics because they wanted Archie, and once they found that out, I mean, Archie got a series and the yeah, rest is history. Of course, I think I'm right, Larry. You can you, you can feel free to school me yeah. again or, like or shame me. Yeah. I know he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna take me he's out of the woodshed. <laughs> he's gonna make a diss track in the new Multiverse of University. Okay, in uh, in Comics Buyer's Guide, ratings of the 100 sexiest women in comics. Wait, say Where that again? W- Comics Buyer's Guide yeah? ranked the 100 sexiest women in comics. Uh-huh. Where was Veronica ranked? Number Nine. one. No. To both of us? 50. Yeah. No. Is she higher or lower? Higher. W- Wait, higher than, than where? Than 50. Than mine? Than all of them. She, was she but number one? Definitely 50. No, she was not. Oh, sorry. I'm going the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, lower. Lower. Rank lower. Oh. She was number 100. No. 72. No. 89. Ah, oh, I was going to say 88. You would have been close. Yeah. Uh, what? They no. rated Veronica Seriously. 88? Veronica's the best. Oh, Veronica's top right. 10. She's number Minimum. one. Minimum. Who's number one? Yeah, who was rated number one? Top 10. Veronica? Come on, girl next door. Or, like, rich girl. Like, all that. That's. I really one. don't know who was number one. I didn't look at any of the other ones. What was the, what was the title of that thing? I... It oh, was something comics buyers got okay. 100 sexiest women in comics. Uh, I got I got I didn't write my answer down. I was going on memory, and we all know I should not. Ever Red Sonia is number that. one. Shut up. Yep. Like the only What's wrong with that? <laughs> Wonder Woman. Of course. Ooh, number okay, two is a well. good one. Death from. Uh-huh. Come on. Number two's death. Number two's good too. I would put Wonder Woman ahead of Red Sonia. <sighs> Three is Jean Grey, four is Satana, and five Satana is Satana belongs there. Five is Emma, Emma Frost. But she's Six. a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> she's rare. Come on. Who's uh, I have a thing for Brunettes, Roger. Who's Sarah Pizzini? Sarah Pizzini. Witchblade. Witchblade. Oh, okay. I haven't read any of the old Witchblade. Uh, she that, she's number too. seven. She, Wonder yeah. Woman six. I'm sorry, 87th. What were you going to say? 88. 88, yeah. So it was right in between. Damn. Okay. Um, okay. I like, I like what this. band is she in? It's uh, called the Archies, right? Right. What instrument does she play? The drums. Bass. 
No. Keyboards. Tambourine. No, that's that's Betty. No, oh, that is. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What does she play? Do you guys ever watch Josie and the Pussycats? Oh no. I I love that show. Yeah. Josie and the Pussycats. I don't know the rest um, of the lyrics. Long tails and ears for hats. Oh god, okay, that's yeah. good. Anyway, so we'll we'll stop there. I do have I do have a listener question for you. So if you want to uh, win um, a very nice hardcover, uh, I, I decided. Are you to giving give away, away the hardcover? I'm going to give away the hardcover. I expect technically we were just going to review volume one, which is the first six issues of Sheriff of Babylon, but I think whoever wins this needs the the whole story. It's, so yeah, um, you, it's a disservice to just hand somebody half of this. So I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna go ahead and give away the hardcover for this. Um, you do want this? Yeah, I expect life. everybody to answer this um, question. Even as hard to read as it is, you do want it. Uh, or uh, some some pretty darn good comics yeah. this week. So um, if you know the answer to the following question, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. I want to know what is Veronica's full name. First, middle, last. Okay. Last name would be too easy. But what is Veronica's full name? Send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com and win some very good books. All, All right. right. Cool. Did we check, Did you check to see if we had any reviews, Johnny? I checked this morning. I'll check again. Um, but uh, we didn't. I doubt we didn't. Uh, guys, uh, if you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, if you want to go ab- above and beyond, um, you can go to patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast. Uh, you can get on for as little as a dollar. The $3 will uh, $3 level will get you the exclusive um, full drops of uh, Multiversity University with Larry. Um, as you can tell, their quality. Um, I mean, <laughs> most of you guys are listening to this show just as a weird interruption before Larry's show. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It's that weird hour-long interruption before Larry starts telling us stuff, Um, which is going to be right up on after uh, this, as usual, unless Johnny um, messes something up. I will not mess anything (laughs) up. I've been on my A game. Uh, This is true. You've been doing good, Johnny. Uh, So, yeah, uh, make sure you guys stay tuned for Multiversity University and whatever little post-credit surprises that Johnny decides to drop. Hell yeah, dude. Um, If you want to follow everything at the shop, at Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram, you can like Horizon Comics on Facebook. If you want to keep up with everything, Johnny, uh, you can follow me everywhere at the Johnny Two X Four, and you can follow my uh, new podcast with Kayla. Oh, that's right. Go ahead and plug uh, all your shows. Johnny. Uh, I only 17. have one right now. Okay, <laughs> six in the future. Anyway, uh, that's the We Love You podcast where we review young adult novels. Uh, the next one is dropping this Monday, which is Holes by Lewis Satcher. Oh, right on. Yeah, uh, Nathan. Uh, I'm on Instagram as at Armand Trout Pipes. Are you making knives yet? You know, I've thought about it. It is it is uh coming come around, but and I got kids and Oh that's right. I don't have that much time. <laughs> It'll happen at some point. Um and I am at Saint Jonathan on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Uh thank you guys for listening. Uh we appreciate it. Once again, next week, no podcast Thursday. It will be up the following Monday. So a little bit of a break. Try not to freak out. Send your hate mail to at Saint Jonathan or to the, the <laughs> comics All Star Comics Podcast email. Where or I just come into the shop and we'll talk comics. Yeah, or you can just do that, you know. Any of that stuff, perfectly okay. Stay tuned for Multiversity University. Have a great longer than a week. Yeah, week yeah. and a half. Yeah, take care.
Welcome back to Multiversity University. I am your host, Larry Douglas. Tonight, we are going to be talking about 1941. And um, we're kind of going year by year here with the Golden Age because it was such a creative time that each year there's a lot of stuff that happens. Uh, so uh, we want to kind of make sure that everything gets its due. Now, one of the things that happened in 1941 is that Stan Lee ends up becoming the editor of Timely Comics. Now, Stan Lee was pretty young at that time. When he first got hired at Timely Comics in 1939, he was 17 years old. So here in 1941, he's now 19, and he becomes the editor. Well, he ends up becoming the editor because Joe Simon and Jack Kirby ended up leaving um, over some differences regarding Captain America and uh, and end up going to D.C. Uh, at the end of the year. But uh, And then Stan Lee, basically the only employee left at Timely Comics, ends up becoming the editor. Um, now... When he was first named editor, he was just supposed to be an interim editor until they could find somebody else. But he proved to have a knack for the business, and so he just ended up staying on. In fact, he actually was editor of Timely Comics, which became Atlas Comics, which became Marvel Comics, all the way until 1972, where he actually at that point succeeded Martin Goodman as publisher. Now, he wasn't just doing editing, though. He was doing some writing as well. In fact, he got his start by writing a story for Captain America in Captain America number three. And in that particular story, he came up with this Captain America signature move of the ricocheting shield, where Captain America would throw his shield like a Frisbee. It would bounce off something else, hit something, and then come back to, to Cap. Um, so... That was actually uh, created by Stan Lee uh, way back in 1941. Now, um, another thing that happened in, uh, in 1941 was that uh, Captain Marvel uh, got his own comic. Uh, he followed the same pattern that companies had followed. For example, DC with Superman and Batman, putting the characters in an anthology series first, seeing if they could prove their popularity, then giving them their own title. Uh, and so that's what happened with Captain Marvel. He was put in Wiz Comics originally, proved extremely popular, and so in 1941 got his own title, uh, Captain Marvel Adventures. And it was also in 1941, as I mentioned uh, last time in our talk about Captain Marvel that the adventures of Captain Marvel, the 12-episode serial was made, making Captain Marvel the first superhero to actually have a movie made about him. Now, there were a lot of character debuts uh, in 1941, debuts of important characters. Green Lantern uh, started in 1941, at least had his own title in 1941. Submariner got his own title in 1941 as one of Timely's most popular characters. And World's Finest with Superman and Batman got started that year as well. There were also some a lot of character debuts in 1941. In fact, a comic I would personally love to have is More Fun number 73, because More Fun number 73 contained the first story of Aquaman, also the first story of Green Arrow, and his teenage sidekick Speedy, since uh, characters at that point were supposed to have their, um, their teenage sidekicks. Uh, also, Captain Marvel Jr. got his start in 1941. Um, and a couple of the members of Batman's Rogues Gallery got started in 1941 as well. The Penguin 
had his first story in Detective Comics number 58 that year, and The Scarecrow also debuted in World's Finest number 3. Now, one character who wasn't quite as popular, uh, but I think he deserves an honorable mention, is Plastic Man. Uh, Plastic Man was created by a man named Jack Cole for a company called Quality Comics. He debuted in a comic book called Police Comics Number 1. Um, never really an incredibly popular character, but I just mention him because of the fact that he's playing an important role in the current series uh, that DC is putting out, Metal. And so I thought that uh, we should at least mention that Plastic Man did get his start back then. Now, um, probably one of the most interesting stories, at least one of my favorite ones from 1941, has to do with uh, a character that now, we might not think about quite as much, um, but he got his debut in Pep Comics number 22. Now, remember, Pep Comics number one was the first one to have a patriotic superhero, The Shield, and they were basically a superhero comic, like so many other titles at that time. But Pep Comics number 22 was a typical Pep Comics issue. It had The Shield and all their other superheroes. But in the back of the book, they had this little eight-page filler story about uh, that wasn't a superhero story. It was actually just a little comedy, a teenage comedy, about uh, a red-haired boy who lived in the town of Riverdale and was caught in a love triangle. Um, and, of course, the character we're talking about is Archie. And what nobody could foresee back in 1941 is that people would actually begin buying Pep Comics for Archie's series, not for the superheroes. And within a few years, Archie would come to completely dominate the, uh, would come dominate Pep Comics. Uh, the superheroes would gradually fade out of that and end up taking over the whole company. MLJ Publications would end up changing their name to Archie Comics and, uh, and continue with that all the way up until today. Now, the superheroes that they created People have tried to revive them from time to time with limited success, but of course, uh, Archie's been with us ever since then. And it just uh, is interesting to me to think that this character that started off as just an eight-page filler, just a kind of a throwaway story, would actually end up entirely changing the company. So... That's a little overview of 1941. Uh, of course, I've left out a couple of the most important debuts of 1941, Captain America and Wonder Woman, but uh, those are such important characters, we're going to devote special episodes to them. So join us next time as we talk about the creation of Captain America. Um, yeah. Jonathan, try not to scream. Yeah, uh, no promises. Okay. <laughs> Um, the last dude, the last couple lines in that, like, oof, like, I don't know, you know, that when she's like, Bart is like, oh, he's just our little miracle, you know, yeah. he's like, yeah, he just looks like kind of a little lump. <laughs> 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 it's just like, yeah. oh my God. Like, I know it wasn't like insulting because of the way that Garrett's drew like his face, but it was yeah. such a dude response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just like, yeah, it's my little lump. A lot of people do yeah. just say that. I was like, oh, it's. That's like his superhero name, the lump. Yeah. yeah, I love the, the reason for the name though. Yeah, What's that it? was gr they named him Jacob. Okay, well I'm recording now, so spoilers, guys. But uh, we'll just edit this part out. Yeah. Okay. But it's because they talk about Jacob's ladder, and like the hope. Of, wait, never mind. You're too young. You don't have. I don't know what that is. Can you please explain it? <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know. Come on. It's a ladder to heaven. Oh, okay. 
It was like the hope they had. It was a movie also. What was, it was like the, it was they the hope they had like when they were on team. Apocalypse to uh-huh. get out of that pit or the whatever. Pit. Yeah. They called it Jacob's Ladder. Oh, okay. And like nobody ever was able to escape it. And, uh-huh. But that was like what they would think of when they were in the, the pits of Apocalypse. And this is from the Bible? Yes. Yeah, Jacob's oh, okay. Ladder is like a biblical reference, yeah. How am I too young for this? <laughs> <laughs> you stated, oh, you're too young. Well, it's because it was also a movie. Oh, Same okay. Thing. Oh, okay. Did you ever see that South Park episode where they're building a ladder to heaven? No. It's not good. In the best way possible. Yeah, it's that guy uh, singing a country song. I think, like, he sung... Uh, Johnny, stop. Something. Uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> we, we need... Kenny was, like, three rungs from the top and slipped. <laughs> I think that's what they were... Yeah, nope. They were go. They were building a ladder to heaven to resurrect Kenny, <laughs> <laughs> and like the news picked it up. Like, oh, that's so sweet, you know, because they can't. Yeah, it's it wasn't great. Tower Park isn't great. Anyway, yeah, we're ready to start whenever you want. So you're just gonna kind of power. Well, I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna continue reading. I'll, I mean, wait. I'll, I'll talk. We can wait. Nah, it's okay. He's got to get up. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, it's fine because I mean you're near the end, and it's not like a super heavy read in terms of dialogue. Well, <laughs> heavy, okay. heavy thematic. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so good. Go. Let me enjoy my cookie real quick. <laughs> These are really good. They're really nice. good. Yeah. They're, they like they don't seem warm, but then when you bite into it, it's like really warm on the inside. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty fresh. Yeah. They taste really good. Hey, did you do trivia? No. I just said I don't want to trivia yet. I'll get it. Okay. Dude, we got the whole show, dude. Baghdad trivia. Baghdad trivia? You know what's funny about him and being a like a CIA operative? So he when he he tells the story, he's like, Yeah, post nine eleven, I was like, I want to do something to help my country, so I joined the CIA. Uh-huh. You don't just like run out and join the CIA and all of a sudden you're running covert ops, you know what I mean? Right, like right. there's part of that story that's missing, you know? Yeah. But I think during this book like he had to submit every one of his scripts to the CIA. Yeah. 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 All right, ready? Uh yeah, I had some cheese so I'll try not to burp. But we'll be <laughs> that's <good>. the stinger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cut it to where are we ready? And then that's that's where it's going to go, guys. Sounds good. Yeah.